The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. back here and analyze this one. Thank you, folks from Liberty, for joining us in hour number one. Now we're going to transition to UVA Marine and Environmental uh, Studies in a little bit. But before we do that, some programming notes for tonight on Channel 12. We got the news, PBS News Hour at 7 p.m. St. Thomas Christmas. Enjoy the University of St. Thomas annual Christmas concert. That's from 8 to 9. Finding Your Roots. Explore the diverse backgrounds of country music icons Clint Black and Roseanne Cash. That's from 9 to 10. And then from 10 to 11, America at a Crossroads. Discover why America is at a crossroads. That's from 10 to 11. And then Frontline. Explore Netanyahu's relationship with the U.S. and the Palestinians. That's from 11 to 12. And then at midnight, I'm a poor company, which normally is 11 o'clock, but because time turned back. Now gone to midnight. Okay? So the news hour at 7. St. Thomas Christmas at 8, Finding Your Roots at 9, America at a, cro- at a Crossroads at 10, and Frontline at 11 to take us up uh, to midnight. You know what I'm saying? So that's where we at. Now, um, we've got Dr. Lauren Olinger or Olinger. How do we pronounce it? Good morning. Good morning. Dr. Ollinger or Ollinger, how do you pronounce the name? Hi, good morning. It's Dr. Ollinger. 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 Good morning, Dr. Ollinger. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, and um, welcome to Analyze This. And Thank you, you you are with the UVI Center for Marine and Environmental Studies. What's your title? Correct, yes. I am a postdoctoral researcher um, in the Center for Marine Environmental Studies. Uh, I'm in the lab uh, led by Dr. Tyler Smith. And my research really focuses on Caribbean reef ecology. Um, and I focus primarily on analyzing data and using technology in my research. And I also teach here at UVI as well. Where are you from originally? I'm originally from Florida. Um, so I moved down here for the first time in 2015 uh, from Florida. Um, got my master's here at UVI and then moved back to North Carolina and then came back here earlier this year um, to work as a postdoc. No, you know, Florida is a, is a long state. Um, yeah. North, central, south, um, Panhandle. What part of Florida? Uh, the Tampa Bay area. Oh, Tampa Bay. Okay, okay, that's good. Yeah. That's uh, uh, University of South Florida, Tampa, St. Leo's College, all those schools yeah. on there, right? Yeah, lots of great schools around there. And right. I went to uh, college in Miami. What school you went to Miami? Uh, University of Miami. So we're, we're 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 both hurricanes, is what you're saying? You make, oh, really? Awesome! You're making you're making my morning already. I, I gotta be. That's great. I, I got to be overly nice to you. So, you know. <laughs> exactly, likewise. <laughs> I don't have a chance. Ibis, right? The Ibis, right? You down with yes. the Ibis? That's what yes. I'm talking about. Go Kane, go Canes, go Canes. Go Canes, okay. yes. Okay, good. So, um, before we get into the, to the gig, uh, you have anybody else on the line with you, or just you alone this morning? It's just me this morning. Okay, good. Tell the public why the Virgin Islands is so great from someone who isn't from the Virgin Islands. 
So as someone, you know, not from here, um, I think, well, first of all, the community is just so amazing and nice. Um, as a city person, my whole life, a city dweller, I love going around and seeing people I know everywhere. It's a small town. Um, I love seeing people wave to each other on the street that know each other and have known each other their whole lives and have welcomed me into their community. Um, from an environmental perspective, the the landscapes here are beautiful. Um, the, the frogs, the, the little um, streams that happen after the rainstorms are gorgeous. And, and then the marine environments are, you know, my real favorite, um, obviously. But, you know, the coral reefs are beautiful, even in their current degraded condition. And you can really tell that the people here care about these ecosystems and are doing everything that they can to, you know, try to preserve them. Um, you know, it's, it's a tricky situation, but, you know, I, I think there's a lot of great things um, being done around here to try to save these beautiful coral reefs in all three islands. Now, you mentioned something that, that's unique about us here, which is everybody says good morning to everybody, whereas in the mainland, we walk past each other like total strangers because that's what we are, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, um, that's, is, isn't that cool? Um, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it took some getting used to because, you much eye contact. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then you got to remember that uh, when you don't do it, we're going to call you out on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, so it isn't and just. I like that too. Yeah, it isn't just about us uh, being hospitable to each other and nice and all that stuff. But uh, you know, there's also a responsibility. It's like a civic thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Don't walk, mm -hmm. don't walk past me straight. You know what I'm saying? And I won't walk past you straight. So we're good with that, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the beaches. Let's talk about the beaches from your perspective. You, you mentioned the coral reef and all that stuff. Uh, what, why, why do you believe that our beaches are so much better than everybody else's? Hmm. Good question, right? Stumper? <laughs> well, as a, as a Florida native, I am a, a beach snob. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, for one thing, you cannot beat the temperatures of the water here. Okay, well, that's, well, that's, it. that's it. That's it. You answered the question. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for that answer because that's that's the answer right there. Um, yeah. But there's also something about the sand. I don't know what it is, but it, it, it's a little bit different down here. It, it, uh, it, it there's a flow. I mean, sand is sand. Don't get me wrong, right? But there's just something about beaches here as opposed to beaches on the mainland. Um, I guess it, you know, you're dealing with a greater population. I don't know what it is, but um, when we first uh, when I went to I went to college in Florida, we, we hit the beach. It's a different type of beach. You know, oh, yeah. I, I don't know if it's the coral related or whatever or reef related because, you know, the, and, well, I'm St. Croix. Uh, have you been to all three islands? I have, yes. And you see the distinction between St. Croix as opposed to St. Thomas and St. John? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's totally different. Break, break that down from a, from a, from a, um, a, a technical perspective. Um, you know, we're just, you know, we don't study it like you do. Uh, mm -hmm. what, do what do you see? What is your training telling you when you, when you come to St. Croix? You hit a beach on St. Croix, and then you go to the beaches on St. Thomas and St. John. Mm -hmm. So I... The is, 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 uh, is the volcanic nature a part of that? Uh, I think so. So, And there's also different continental plates. Um, so St. Thomas and St. John are a different uh, 
plate than St. Croix is. Correct. And so there's a different stone that um, each plate uh, is made of. And so I'm, you know, it's, it's escaping me right now, but that is the one of the main differences and why we have such a more elevated um, island here on our side versus St. Croix, which is a lot lower lying. Also, there's more agriculture on St. Croix because that soil is a lot um, more fertile. Uh, we don't really even have a layer of topsoil. Um, that's, I don't know if it's farmable, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's about as far as my expertise goes in terms of the land side of things. Now, St. John, um, you know, I, I live on St. Croix, but um, a part of me from time to time, I got it. I got to confess that St. John just might be the most beautiful of all three islands. No, I'm not encouraging people to think the same way because everybody has their own opinions and all that stuff. What about St. John um, that, you, that, that, that you find attractive? Right, I agree with you. I think St. John is probably the, certainly the most postcard-worthy island. Um, and, you know, it's being covered mostly by a national park. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people out there preserving it and protecting it, um, keeping those ecosystems, you know, as pristine as they can be. Also, there's a lot of wonderful trails and signage around St. John where you can learn about the different environments there. I was just walking out in Cinnamon Bay a month or so ago, and I saw all those cool signs that the National Park Service had put up um, talking about the different, you know, coral reef, um, you know, diseases and threats and had some pretty images there as well. I just think that St. John is like, um, it's kind of like if you're from Florida, like the Keys sort of where you have a lot more of the smaller, beachier, um, you know, more marine focused area, unlike St. Thomas and St. Croix. You bring up a good point here with respect to the park service Um, because they take up a good 60 to 70 percent of St. John, so that, that, mm-hmm. that, that's important uh, to remember there. Now, um, the, the the island of St. Thomas with that with that deep water harbor, right? Uh, it, it, it's interesting how um, the harbor. Uh, I don't know if you notice it, right? The, the harbor, um, which which actually is a harbor that runs all the way from from Yacht Haven. Right, and 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 it works all the way down to Crown Bay, you know. Uh, it's 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 there's li- there's literally no beach for a, a a very long way along the shoreline, and then you get down to right after you leave Crown Bay, and then you get to uh, to the UVI area, then you start to get uh, the, the the beaches at Brewers Bay uh, and and all that uh, all all of that. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, industrial development. That's that's there, um, right. and, and with the prevailing the prevailing wind being from east to west, does that impact beaches? Uh, in in terms of flow and all that, can you break that down from an environmental perspective? Oh, certainly. Yeah. So the uh, prevailing wind, yeah, coming from the east, um, that obviously results in currents that can pile up sand in certain locations so you're going to have you know um, beaches that are uh, you know in these more um, west-facing bays but also I mean those harbors are developed so back 
when they were before they were developed they could have been beaches as well um and then i think more prominently is the, from the uh, north side beaches we have things like megan's bay which is really protected by peterburg yeah um and so that is obviously a beautiful beach it's a very protected embayment and it leads to very calm conditions similar to brewers bay so those are um two you know really well-known beaches that are nice and protected and great place to see turtles stingrays um you know great place to moor your boats so yeah it's a wind is a major part of it for sure okay good now um <clears throat> tell us a little bit about the the program at uvi Sure. So you mean the academic program? Yeah, yeah, the, the, the Marine Environmental Studies. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, the Master's in Marine Environmental Studies program uh, here at UVI is a really awesome uh, experience for students who are interested in the marine sciences and actually getting into the water and doing your research um, in the place where, you know, you live which is something pretty rare for people that are interested in Caribbean reef ecology. Because when I did my PhD in North Carolina, I had to, you know, do these big missions where we traveled to Belize once a year and we would go for two weeks and stay there, work for two weeks straight and then come back and hope that everything worked out, which is great. Um, at UVI though, you can hop in the water off the dock and conduct your, research. You can do your turtle surveys. You can, you know, go survey the reefs in um, around Black Point in Brewers Bay um, or, you know, uh, do the uh, mangrove surveys as well. Um, so you're there right where the research is happening. And it's really good for training because, you know, as students, we are learning how to do these things. So it's really good to have like this process of trial and error where we're designing experiments. They don't always work out. Um, but we're getting to go out and do them again if we need to. Also, you know, the um, academics themselves are really great. We have this interesting approach to the program where students take uh, these core courses in the first year, so the first couple of semesters, where they learn about um, basically all of these um, environmental processes in a way that's very integrated so people are learning about the physical processes the ecology they're learning how to analyze the data um, that we're collecting from these labs that we're doing out in the bay and then you know they're turning around and making recommendations for management in their natural resources management courses so everything is really integrated in that way and i found that to be a huge strength of the program compared to other universities that i've seen your undergrad is in what discipline? Uh, marine biology. Marine biology. And you have a major in same thing? Or, I mean, a master's in the same thing? or? Yeah, so I did the master's in marine and environmental studies here mm -hmm. at UBI. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have a, a PhD in marine biology. And I graduated almost exactly a year ago from uh, University of North Carolina, Wilmington, um, with my PhD. Okay, cool. And and Great. Wilmington, is that, that's like right on the edge, right? That's That's where the hurricanes... <laughs> Unfortunately, right after they leave Cape Hatteras, um, the the first the first town in in North Carolina when you're heading up the the shoreline from from the south is Wilmington, right? 
Yes, yes. So funny that you mentioned that because I was here for the hurricanes in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and all things considered, very lucky. Um, you know, I was able to leave the island. Everyone was safe. Um, I had to go back home for a few months to finish writing my master's thesis. Then I moved to Wilmington in the beginning of 2018. And then in summer of 2018, I don't know if you remember Hurricane Florence. Yeah, man. Um, Actually, yeah, we got a direct hit from Hurricane Florence the year after the Irma and Maria. And so we were on the run from those uh, that storm as well. And it also, you know, Irma destroyed the school here at UVI. Florence destroyed the school in Wilmington. It was just a, a crazy couple of years. Don't take it personal, okay? Because yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, because we, we've been hit, we've been hit uh, a couple of times. Well, uh, over the last uh, thirty-five years, so uh, oh yeah, don't, yeah, don't don't take it personal, okay? <laughs> we, we just happen to be in that in that area in that, in the Hurricane Alley. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It, it, it's like yep. uh, it's like living in 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 uh, what's it? Torpedo? I'm assuming tornado. Um, tornado oh. lane. Tornado Alley. Tor- yeah, 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 yeah. That um, that area there, um, where uh, tornadoes you can actually see them forming uh, in the, in the plain states and they head east. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so, um, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, you you are where you are, and, and, and you deal with it. Comes it. to the territory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're talking with um Dr. Lauren Olinger or Olinger. 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 Um. She was from Florida. She's one of us now. She can't go back. We want to. Mm-hmm. We want to allow her to head back. Uh, she's here. And and by the way, um, I want all my listeners to know that um, you know we got a new term this morning um, from uh, uh, Dr. Olinger um, in reference to St. John. She said it's the most postcard worthy of the three. That's 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 good English. I love that. I love that. You know what I'm saying? So we're good. No, I'm biased, right? Like I, I, some fighting words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I, I'm from St. Croix and and over here, you know, because we're flat, I like I like to tease everybody who lives in St. Thomas when they come to St. Croix that they can drive and don't have to worry about going up all these hills and all that stuff. So I like to tease them about that. So everything yeah. has its beauty. Uh we're gonna take a break and we'll come back. We'll talk some more about uh, marine environmental studies at UVI and also talk about uh, potential uh, collaboration with mainland universities. I had a conversation with the president last week and we've had a history of that uh, in the years. We'll be back right after this. the magic of the Crucian Christmas 4-Day Serenade. Join the legendary Stanley and the 10 Sleepless Nights for a two-night celebration like no other. On Saturday, December 23rd and Sunday, December 24th, from the stroke of midnight until the first light of dawn, local Christmas tunes, rhythmic dancing, and the joy of holidays light up the street of Sincroy. Each night begins at Ginger Thomas, heading east on Saturday, then west on Sunday. Set your alarms, gather your friends and family, and create unforgettable memories with Stanley and the 10 Sleepless Nights in the Crucian Christmas 4-Day Serenade. Phones? Social media? You've kept up with the times. If you can do that, you can definitely save for retirement. Go to aceyourretirement.org and in just three minutes, you'll get free tips to help boost your retirement savings. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. 
So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news design for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist I ever thought about it that way. We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. There are many complex issues that arise in our territory. Comes with the territory with Leslie Comision. Join me, Leslie Comision, for a breakdown of political issues facing our territory, one conversation at a time. I'm here to be the voice you can rely on for information that is straightforward and comprehensive. Tune in to be a part of the discussion. It all comes with the territory. Comes with the territory airs Sundays at 1 p.m. and re-airs at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV Channel 12. back here on Analysis, having a uh, nice discussion with Dr. Lauren Olinger. She is uh, with the UVI Center for Marine Studies um, in the lab over there at uh, uh, UVI, and she's working with Dr. Tyler Smith, you said? Yes. Um, tell us about Dr. Smith. Where he at? He already on vacation? Hanging out? No, I think he's actually down in the um, the new building, so our, our new Marine Science Center was uh, just opened up, um, so we're all working on moving into it. Okay. And, yeah, so, so I have a meeting down there later today. So you guys are in transition? Yes, very right. much so. Okay, good. Um, you work with Howard Forbes, Jr.? You do any work with him? I do not work directly with him, but I know that they're doing a lot of awesome outreach uh, work, and their murals around the town, I think, are just really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Now, um... Are we collaborating with, with any mainland universities um, in terms of continuing education and, and, and trying to max out um, the fact that, uh, like what you mentioned, where um, when you're in Carolina, you got to travel to Belize. When you're in the Virgin Islands, you got to travel to the Virgin Islands. Yes, definitely. So we have several collaborations with uh, the mainland universities, um, some mainland universities, including um, close, we work closely with some um, researchers at uh, Louisiana State University. And so they, even this summer, um, it's Dr. Daniel Holstein, uh, who's a professor at LSU. He came down and brought several of their <coughs> students, and they're working on some interesting um, coral reef research. Um, and then they're also collaborating with us on our Virgin Island Reef Resilience Study. Uh, for that, we're also working with uh, collaborators at California State University Northridge, uh, where uh, Dr. Peter Edmonds uh, is a professor. And he's been running a really cool research program um, out in Lamisher Bay uh, in St. John, mm-hmm. where they've been monitoring these reefs going back to the 80s, which is this. Oh, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Going back to the late sixties. Late sixties. Yeah, we had a we had a tech type project, right? That, yeah, uh, and uh, one of my uh, um, regular contributors here at Analysis, he was the one who educated us on that. We didn't even know that, um, and and that was a real big project. Um, everybody, I mean, GEC, 
uh, the government. I mean, everybody, um, you know, uh, pitched in with that project. I think it was 1969, and uh, it was such a success. They actually did it. They did it twice. So you're saying that um, that project or or work over there has or research in that area has been revived? It has been going on for uh, decades now. So uh, Dr. Edmonds started his research on um, the reefs in Lamisher Bay, uh, collecting the data about what's going on on the reefs around Tektite. Um, and so that, that program has been, was implemented, I believe, in the 80s. Um, and I think it was a continuation, you know, in some ways, of the Tektite project. Okay, okay, um, okay. So, so then there was a... Yeah, there, there might have been a break, and then it was it came back to being in the 80s. Okay, not a problem. Yeah, so the, the history is a bit fuzzy to me, but I just know that I have I have these decades of survey data going back to the 80s. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're actually working with Dr. Edmonds, um, combining some of those long-term data with some of the data that we've been collecting, our, or Dr. Smith and his team has been collecting going back to 2001, with this program called the Territorial Coral Reef Monitoring Program, which is where every year uh, researchers at UVI go to these different um, 40 sites and collect data about you know what's going on on the reefs. They measure the number of corals there are and what their conditions are, and they've been doing this now for you know over 20 years. So that's a, also a valuable data set. So we've teamed up with. Um, Dr. Edmonds with his Lamisher Bay data, um, and we're combining that with the uh, TCRMP data that is from UVI, as well as the National Park Service, who had their own similar monitoring program where they go around to different sites, and they have a lot of St. Croix sites as well. Um, and so my job has basically been to combine all of these data from these different collaborators and then also use data collected by our collaborators in Puerto Rico and at LSU, and then also in Kent State and College of Charleston. And they've been collecting other um, external data about, you know, the water quality, the temperature, the um, sedimentation at these different sites, um, the, you know, um, land impacts in general. And so my job has really been to kind of put all these data together and try to see which of these different factors are most predictive of making reefs um, basically more resistant or more able to recover after a big, you know, climate change event. So in this case, a 2005 heat wave that happened where regional, um, there was this huge bleaching that happened across the Caribbean. And so including in the Virgin Islands. So we're using that as our main point for that. But this has been a real, you know, collaborative effort in combining all these data from these universities and other, you know, federal and local agencies. I mean, I'm loving this. So, so I want the audience to to to, to check this out. Um, we're actually collaborating with LSU, right? That's down there in with Baton Rouge, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Cal State Northridge, that's out on the West Coast, right? Mm -hmm. um, Kent State, that's in the Midwest. Good morning, Donald Ducks Cole, graduate from Kent State, Virgin Island, and College of Charleston, which is on the East Coast. So we got we got all four areas. We got the Midwest, the Pacific, the Southeast, and the Atlantic, the Atlantic uh, coast. So oh, uh, yeah. so we're doing well in that regard. Yeah, 
It's great. And that's just a few of the, you know, the universities that we're um, collaborating with. I know there are a few others as well, including University of Miami. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, got to include the University of Miami. If not, you know, <laughs> we shut everything down, you know what I'm saying, until we get Miami in. No, I'm just joking, yeah. I'm just joking there. Um, for those who are listening, you can go to our website, coralreefs.csun.edu. Okay? You familiar with this site, um, Dr. Olinger? Yes. Right? And uh, you can go to this site, and you'll see everything. They say California State University, Northridge. Um, they actually call it Cal State Northridge. Uh, Professor Dr. Peter Edmonds has been doing field research in the shallow reefs off the coast of St. John, U.S. Virgin Islands for close to 30 years. The data collected by Dr. Edmonds and his team has enabled him to construct something like a time-lapse animation of coral reef, of coral recruitment and growth for many species, including portrites. That's how you pronounce it? Uh, Parites. Parites. See, uh, sorry for butchering the word. I apologize. Right? Uh, uh, what's the next one? Asteroides? <laughs> yeah, asteroides. That's a hard one. Asteroides. Um, in the relatively pristine Great Lamashore Bay of the Virgin Islands National Park. Wow. So, so, so you know, we're doing okay, is what you're saying, uh, Dr. Olinger. Yeah, we're, we're really good at writing down what's going on. <laughs> but I'll be honest with you, Mr. James, I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of... Um, you know, healthy reefs around here uh, compared to what used to be. Not that I've seen it firsthand, but we really um, got to make some changes as a species okay. to be able to save these reefs. Okay, good. We got we got caller on the line. Uh, good morning, caller. How are you? Welcome to Analyze This. Um, I'm fine. Uh, thank you very much, and thank you for the young lady from the marine biology area. I was wondering, uh, one of the questions is that, oh, and <laughs> LSU, I'm actually from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, so I know about LSU. Are you also working with Southern University, which is the HBCU school in Baton Rouge? I'm sorry, um, I couldn't hear the question. Um, you're with LSU in Baton Rouge. I was wondering if you also going to work with Southern University, the HBCU in Baton I do Rouge. not, I don't believe we are working with a Southern University. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's something to be thinking about. But yeah, I yeah, to ask, yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, no. That's a, that's a good that's a good question, a good idea because we are an HBCU. Uh, and we're, well, a land, a we're a land grant institute, so maybe we should be connecting with 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 a, mm. with a HBCU. I wanted to ask you um, how important you believe that communication is as far as I know that you do the go research and getting that information to the researchers is one thing, but what about translating it to the public? Um, I'm actually in the communications department at UBI. So I've been, I've been trying for a minute to get um, some kind of connection with marine biology because we um, we don't just do human, you know, human interest stories. And many, many times we have trained students to do other types of writing. And in particular, uh, one of my two of my students went over this semester and did something on the whale that they caught in St. John. I mean, it landed in the St. John area. I think it's called a, a beach whale. It was like really unusual for it to be found there, and they brought it over. But I'm saying that to say that we only got the story because somebody else told somebody else to come and you know to tell a student, and we wrote, wrote it up in our newspaper. But Again, is that something that you can see in the future working with maybe the communications department to get help our students uh, write up this information and get it out to the public? I think that's a great idea. Um, I would love um, for you to get in touch with uh, me. Um, I'd be more than happy to work with the communications department. I think interdepartmental 
collaborations are awesome. And I do think that communication is essential to what we do. Um, otherwise, I don't think I'd be on this radio show right now. Um, and, you know, even though we're not always the best at it, I know it's uh, it's so crucial to, you know, engage in the community, to making them, you know, understand and um, helping them understand how beautiful these ecosystems are and, you know, how important it is to protect them and how important it is to, you know, maintain the livelihoods that we, you know, rely on. Well, thank you. I really will get in touch with you. My name is Honoré, Dr. Honoré. But did you, do you know anything about it? I know you work with the um, corals, but the beaked whale, do you find it? I know that they were going to take it, and it's going to be a couple of months before we found out why it landed there. It wasn't supposed to be. Did, did you work with that at all? I heard about the beaked whale. Um, I was not around uh, during the time when they were um, processing it, but it was. A, I've seen some pictures. It, it was an interesting, uh, really uh novel uh, thing that happened because I don't think it's happened since the 90s where a whale has washed up. So it's a pretty big deal. It's a mystery. I think, I don't believe the cause of death had been determined yet, but Uh if I find anything, I will certainly let you know. And it sounds like I hope to be um, in touch with you more. But Okay, thank you. I really appreciate that. No, 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 Dr. Anna, we don't hang up yet. Okay. Pronounce Baton Rouge. <laughs> you know your name. If you were there, your name would be Neville. Neville James. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. The, the, uh, let, let me ask this question. If, if you're from, ba- what's it, Baton Rouge, right? That's what it is, Baton right? Rouge, yeah. Baton Rouge, yeah. right? Um, do, do folks, uh, check this out, right? Check this out. Uh, folks in, in Puerto Rico, right? If, if they're from Ponce and somebody assumes that they're from San Juan, they get offended. Right, in <laughs> yeah. St. Croix, is it's a Christianstead and Fredericksted thing. Is it the same with Baton Rouge and New Orleans? Not really. I was really surprised when I got here and saw that really, you know, that kind of interesting divide. But not really. Um, even though my my parents were from North Louisiana, which is like Monroe, and they went to school in Southern, which is in South Louisiana, so they had a lot of cultural differences there. But yeah. as far as the um, you know, between cities, not 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 as much as I think it's really interesting here with the St. Croix and St. Uh, no, but no, but it, it exists. It exists in Puerto Rico. It exists in certain parts of New York. Folks will tell you, I'm yeah, from, I, I, I'm, I'm from upstate. I, I'm not from the city. I'm from upstate, or I'm from Long Island. So you know, stuff right, like that. Right. Yeah. But not no after the storm uh, after the um, Katrina. Not, you know, New Orleans was evacuated, which is weird. And you had all these people that were migrating. Well, that got really crazy because somebody, you know, some, oh, there's still those New Orleans people that's doing that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Something, but you hear that, but not, not so much, you know, not so much, not so much. Yeah, so and, thank you and, very and, much and, for letting me ask. No, and, no <laughs> and then, and then, uh, I don't know if uh, Dr. Olinger knows this, but when we were growing up, there used to be a uh, Pepperidge Farm commercials and they pronounce it guarantee that's not not guarantees guarantee which is a, a that, that was one of the uh, commercials the guy would sell cars or something we guarantee guarantee yeah yeah the pepperidge farm <laughs> uh, with, with that with that uh uh southern southern and, and twang uh that that, right. co- that comes out of louisiana thank you very much dr Henry. <laughs> right, oh, and you're, you're on tomorrow right you're coming on tomorrow yeah we are Okay, good. You got UVI Association of Black Journalists going to be joining us tomorrow morning. Thank you very much for for the preview. Thank you. We appreciate it. Okay, good. Thank you. Yes, I I was uh, looking up um, Dr. Olinger. Um, uh, An article here on the website that I mentioned. For those of you who are listening, right, 
go to this website, you're going to see a number of different links, a number of different stories. Coral Reefs, just like how it's spelled, C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S dot CSUN, which is really an acronym for Cal State University Northridge, dot E-D-U. Okay, Coral Reefs dot CSUN dot E-D-U. And you're going to see a number of different um, articles here and questions. And one of the questions here, um, they ask, will dead coral help reefs recover from disturbances? And apparently there was a master's student, uh, Kelly Wang, um, at Cal State University that worked with Dr. Dr. Edmonds. And uh, her research focuses on the role of dead coral rubble in modulating coral populations and reef community dynamics. Um, talk a little bit about about that or whatever you might know about that, Dr. Olinger. Yeah, I'm on the website now. I'm checking it out. Um, mm-hmm. I hadn't read this particular study, yeah. but coral rubble, I mean, it's a um, it's an important, you know, um, substrate, and there's a lot of little critters that live in the interstices of these, you know, these rocks. Yeah. Um, of course, if you have a big storm event, that rubble can get blown away. So you have to have things that also glue that rubble down. So without going into her study, I think that, you know, there, there's certainly um, some structure that is maintained by this coral rubble. And, and, and that, that was, that's an important area for research, right? Because uh, we've got to study uh, underwater oh, yeah. species and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if you click on, there's a, store, there's a, there's a, there's a link here, uh, Ocean Bites. Uh, uh, she has a guest post here on Ocean Bites, and if you click on it, uh, you'll see Miss Wang, and there's a nice back background photo. I believe that's St. John on the backside. It's, it's a March 30th, 2021 uh, article, um, um, and it's a guest post by um, a ma- uh, Kelly Wang, who was a master's student at that time uh, a couple of years ago. So this is this is cool. Uh, what we'll do is uh, we'll take our we'll take our uh, our last break, we got uh, Dr. Uh, Lauren Olinger uh, from the UVI Center for Marine and Environmental Studies. Actually, I'm in transition right now, moving into a new building. Uh, so we'll take a break and be back right after this. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com. Member FDIC. As the news gets more complex and changes through the day, you need more than just a quick headline check. Here and Now keeps you connected to your world between Morning Edition and All Things Considered as the news and the people shaping it are changing in real time. I'm Robin Young. Follow 
along on Here and Now, NPR News, weekday afternoons. From 2 to 4 on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. These days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Hi, I'm Peter Sangle. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we're back here and analyze this um, awesome discussion um, with um, Dr. Olinger um, from the UVA Center for Marine and Environmental Studies. Good morning once again, Dr. Olinger. Glad to have you on. Good morning. Good morning. Good. So I um, Google Peter Edmonds, Cal State Northridge, Lamishore B, and and I mean so many articles, so many articles on here, and you're absolutely correct. I stand corrected, right? Um, there was an article and a source, uh, August eighth, August eighth, two thousand eight. You familiar with the St. Thomas source, right? Our online newspaper. Yes. And they said, uh, "Reef expert uh, say bye to St. John's big majestic corals." And they did mention that um, he had been doing it for twenty two years. So you're right; it did start it back in the nineteen eighties, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you're you're not wrong about tech also being around. No, yeah, 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 yeah. But I I I I jumped the gun, and 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 thought that you were referring to because uh, when you mentioned Lamishore Bay, um, our regular contributor Armando Rocky Liber, former senator, he was the one who mentioned tech But there was a gap between between 1970 and when and, and when and the year that you mentioned 1985, right? Mm. Um, so, so, um, and there's a great article here, right? Um, from August of 2008. So I recommend you go there and you read it. It's, uh, talks about corals and, and, and talk about the warmer water disease, climate change, runoff and sewage could be factors causing larger corals to die. So, um, again, we need to be very, very, um, mindful of our, what we do and how it impacts our, our environment on our coastal areas. Right. Uh, Dr. Ellinger. Yes, certainly. That is definitely the main takeaway point. Okay, good. And then, there's a, and then I, I got the Tech Tide article um, here, um, and I, I mentioned the different um, players involved, right? Um, mm-hmm. So here we go. The Navy, NASA, the Department of Interior, the Missile and Space Division of General Election Company, General Electric Company, so we were talking players, big players, and it was so successful in 69 that they did again in 1970. 
And they said this was accomplished through 11 separate missions, most with a duration from 13 to 20 days, in which 53 aquanauts took part, including both an all-women's team and a number of international participants. So we got a lot of history here in the Virgin Islands, Dr. Olu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of these underwater habitats are used actually to uh, train Navy divers as well as even astronauts in training. Mm -hmm. So there is a current underwater habitat in the Florida Keys um, called Aquarius Reef Base where um, people go down to the habitat in about, I think, 60 feet of water. And they stay there for days and they can actually do simulated like moonwalks on the reef. And uh, so we, we go down there and dive um, for in my uh, North Carolina university. Um, uh, and we were, you know, surveying the sponge communities around that habitat. But it was really, it's a really cool place. No, I know um, a lot of people, <clears throat> you know, um, we had a, a, a very unfortunate situation with a habitat earlier this year, right? Up up, up in, in the northern part of the Atlantic? Yes, the, uh, yeah, the uh, Titan. Yeah, yeah, the Titan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about habitats and 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 what's what's it like to be in one, uh, so that people could get a feel for somebody. You've been in habitats before. I don't. I shouldn't assume. Let me ask. I actually have not. No. So I, you yeah. know, peeked my head up into the little um, what's called a moon pool. Yeah. You, you know, entered the little air filled yeah. area. Yeah. Um, super cool. Um, but I mean. From what I um, have heard, you know, it's, it's small, compressed space, um, but, it, you know, it's you get used to it, like, physiologically, your body, you know, adjusts to the pressure, mm-hmm. and that's really the point of having a habitat like that. It's called a saturation dive, where basically you live at that pressure, so instead of having to go up and down in scuba equipment, you're actually maintaining the same, you know, um, atmospheric pressure, so a lot safer. Um, and I think that, well, the Titan submersible was, a not a habitat. Um, it was also, I think, poorly designed, uh, yeah, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah they, they, they actually were, that was more risky than it was, you know, reasonable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it looks like they were going out on a limb there and that's unfortunate what happened, you know? Oh, uh, it was a terrible tragedy. Yeah. And it, I know it was a huge, um, loss, not only, you know, for those, the victims and their families, but for the field of submersible yeah. Yeah, 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 for the, for the science, you know what I'm right. saying? Because now people are questioning things. And, um, you know, in this day and age of social media where, you know, news, you know, the truth, you know, is way, you know, it, it doesn't travel as fast as what really happens. That's not as what really happens as what people are saying, you know what I'm saying? So we got to be careful uh, with that. Now, last week I had on President Hall and I was referencing uh, our history here in the Virgin Islands, collaborating with mainland universities here on St. Croix, uh, we had a relationship with Fairleigh Dickinson University uh, back in the days. And I, I, uh, uh, I was referencing an article, uh, A College Succeeds in St. Croix. So when you got a chance, you could Google that, right? A College Succeeds in St. Croix. It's a New York Times article. And they referenced, this is a 1985 article, same year, like when uh, you reference uh, for over there in La Mishore Bay. And uh, the West Indies Laboratory uh, existed here on St. Croix. So America knows that we have a lot of potential here in the Virgin Islands for obvious reasons, given our location and, 
you know, we speak the English language and all that stuff. Uh, what else can we do to promote um, marine and environmental studies and attract folks here um, that'll benefit us, not just uh, environmentally, but also educationally and economically from your perspective, Dr. Olinger? That's a great question. <laughs> I think that any effort put towards just putting the Virgin Islands on screens in front of people's faces is probably beneficial, right? There's going to be, you know, if you have um, show people, you know, how beautiful it is down here, show people the, you know, the friendly um, communities, the beautiful um, tourism spots, you know, the uh, the beautiful reefs, environments, all the things to do. Um, I think, you know, um, advertising is certainly a big help. Um, and I think also making more collaborations with other universities. I think, you know, with my experience in North Carolina having to do these kind of blitz missions to Belize, it was exhausting. And I think if there were closer um, uh, partnerships between the University of the Virgin Islands and other universities, you know, I think we need to maintain and grow those relationships as much as we can with, you know, uh, what we have available to us here, of course. So, you know, we have a small uh, uh, university, but I think there's a lot of really cool opportunities for collaborations. And I think, you know, the more that we keep doing that and the more that we keep recruiting, you know, really strong people to the university and to the community, I think is going to be that's how we really grow and get people interested in the U.S. Virgin Islands. And there's also another variable that you don't have to deal with when you come to the Virgin Islands as opposed to going to Belize, immigration, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You just, you know, show them your driver's license or your passport and you're good to go. You don't have Mm -hmm. to to deal with with that. Um, Also, in this article, it mentions that uh, Fairleigh Dickinson also has an affiliation with the University of Rochester, which provides 10 to 15 students a semester. So schools have been collaborating over the years, and uh, I, I was glad to hear you mentioning these four universities, um, Cal State Northridge, LSU, um, College of Charleston, uh, Kent State. I mean, you know, we've we got some potential here. I, 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 hopefully, you know, we could continue to tap into it. And, uh, and of course, you got have the appropriate and uh, proper accommodations for those who are going to come here. You know, that's another thing too, right? You can't just mm-hmm. tell them, come to the Virgin Islands and then not be able to, you know, make them feel hospitable. So that's something that, that we should work at. But I think now is the time, you know, and we got good people like yourself and uh, and Dr. Smith. Uh, you know, I'm I'm pro-UVI, you know, so don't, don't hold it against me. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it is what it that's is. That's great, yes. Yeah. yeah, and they also said Robert Carpenter, of the University of Georgia has just completed a two-year study of sea urchins at the laboratory. So, I mean, I mean, we really have no excuse, Dr. Olinger. The, the, the potential is endless. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's just so much cool stuff going on down here, and I'm surprised that it's not more... Well-known well, well known and advertised and all that stuff, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, that's yeah. unfortunate. But hopefully this, this program is serving that purpose and... Uh, you know, maybe uh, set up that Dr. Smith uh, to make an appearance. I, I look forward to talking with him. 
Yeah, surely. Uh, I got another question for you uh, from one of my listeners. What is being done to attract more VI students? Right, because I know we're talking about collaborating with mainland universities, but we really need to focus on ours as well. To the many career opportunities in the marine scientists. Excellent question, Mr. Barry. Yes, thank you for that great question. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is a super important um, effort, and it's from what I've heard. You know, I've only been back here for. Uh, since April, so a few months. But I've heard some conversations about this and, you know, maintaining um, the community here and recruiting from within is a big priority. And I know that we've engaged many undergraduates at UVI in our research, and there's a lot of really cool um, ways that we're actually planning on incorporating undergrads and getting them into the water, you know, into the research, really getting them, you know, involved with what the department is doing, um, and then hopefully maintaining some through the master's program, right? And then eventually, hopefully, into some, you know, careers here in the marine sciences because you can get really great jobs at local agencies like DPNR or the National Park Service, um, even the university here. So I know that that, you know, that pipeline is being actively built to maintain uh, ancestral Virgin Islanders here. We also have a relationship with the University of Puerto Rico, right? Yes, I believe so. And I know that we're collaborating with the University of Puerto Rico on some, um, using some of their data for one of our bigger resilience studies um, and working with them in some ways to keep working on, you know, maintaining these, um, uh, Caribbean um, uh, monitoring the caracous buoys is what they're called. They're set up around the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. So we use a lot of their data. It's super helpful. Um, and I think there is some work happening um, with them. I'm not quite familiar with it, but... No, yeah, Mr. Forbes, Mr. Mr. Forbes mentioned that. that uh, he mentioned uh, University of Puerto Rico and, uh, mm-hmm. and um, work that he added does for them because I think he's a DPNR employee working with UVI or vice versa, something like that, and uh, the communications there. Well, uh, Dr. Olinger, it was nice talking to you. I'm glad, to have, you. glad to have you on. Uh, anything that, anytime UVI uh, wants to make themselves available, I'm a big advocate for higher learning. So I'm glad uh, that we could touch on uh, our marine <coughs> and environmental uh, areas and there's, there's the program at, uh, at UVI. And um, your family now, so you can't leave. Just let me <laughs> you know. Just letting you know, and uh, um, glad to have you. And keep educating the young people, man. Uh, make them, make them aware, and educate us elders as well as to how valuable our environment is, and um, you know why it's the goose that lays the golden egg here in the territory. Yes, thank you so much. Yes, um, it's what we're trying to do. And thank you so much for having me on, and you know, giving us the opportunity to speak about this stuff today. Yeah, and good luck with the new building and. And all that good stuff. And um, classes start when? January? Yes, I believe January 8th. In the new building? Um, I believe so. I think we're working on it. Working on it, right? The okay, full court good. press right now. Okay, good. Uh, is uh, Dr. Edmonds, where's he at? He's, 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 he's in St. John or he's in Cal State? He's in Northridge? He's in Northridge currently. But he comes down, I think he'll be back down in March. Well. Yeah, okay, March. Well, well, 
let him know you got plenty of time between now and then that we'd like for him to make an appearance here and analyze this so we could talk more about this, if it's okay with you. Yeah, sure. I'll ask him. Okay, good. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Mr. James. You got it. That's um, Dr. Lauren Olinger uh, from the UVA Center for Marine and Environmental Studies. So we had two good conversations today. Um, we got the Connect VI project with Liberty, and uh, we also got the uh, uh, UVI uh, Marine and Environmental Studies. Uh, great questions from the audience as well. Of course, you know you are the strength of the show. I'm saying that we, we appreciate uh, all of these uh, pointed uh, questions. And all we're doing really is you know tapping into our infrastructure, man. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be um, you know through uh, communications with fiber and all that stuff, and also our environment, you know. So I, I'm glad that uh, we touch on these two areas today, right? So don't forget, no, no, seeing John, Eddie Bruce. It says St. John is the most postcard-worthy of the three islands. No, all three islands and four, Water Island. Well, uh, every every island and key are postcard-worthy. But they say St. John, man. Tell you, hey, St. John, lovely. Hey, Andy Rutnick, good morning. If anybody, if Andy Rutnick ain't hearing me now, if anybody in St. John uh, uh, hearing me and you see Andy Rutnick, tell you Neville James gave him a shout-out this morning. Uh, let you know that, you know. Uh, along with all of the folks who live on St. John, I got to protect that peach over there, that gem. You know what I'm saying? That pearl, for lack of a better term. Dale Barry, thank you, man. I appreciate the, the awesome question. Go check, and we're good to go, right? Anyway, you hear the music in the background, right? Be good, be safe. Tomorrow, we got uh, Dr. Honore coming on from UVI. Then we got the Department of Health. And then Thursday, you know, we'll make things work. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. I wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. How do we know words? How do we accumulate words? Writer Edna O'Brien. Are they there in us before we know them? She follows a quest many writers can understand. As if these words were the generators of some kind of magic. Authors, artists, sports, news, and maybe even some magic. Every Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1.